This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. For many Aussies, Easter equals chocolate. But before you rip open your next Easter egg, spare a thought for the people growing the cocoa. Sadly, child labour is still widespread within the cocoa industry. A recent report from the University of Chicago found there are more children working in the cocoa industry now than there were 10 years ago. In West Africa, where two-thirds of the world's cocoa is produced, Around 1.5 million children and teens under the age of 17 produce cocoa in what are considered to be dangerous conditions. Fuzz Kiddo is the national co-director of Bee Slavery Free. They've released their Easter chocolate scorecard, which compares the ethics of different chocolate brands. G'day, Fuzz. Welcome in. Katrina, great to be with you. What's the Easter scorecard all about? How do you actually rate the companies? What are they marked on? Well, there are five areas, and we we brought in the environment as well. So we do this with with uh, five other uh, NGOs around the world: Be Slavery Free in Holland, uh, in Cota in Germany, uh, Green America, and uh, Mighty Earth, uh, based in uh, in the USA, but they're around the world. And the National Wildlife Federation, with the big ones, they have ten million members. So we do this jointly together. What we do is we look at: uh, Are they doing the right thing? Are they doing all the things that they should do to check. We are looking at uh, traceability and transparency in that traceability. That is really important. Unless you know where the cocoa is coming from, you don't know what's happening on the farms or the co-ops that they send their cocoa beans to. Living income is absolutely incredible. The reason why there is so many social problems, child labour, etc., is because of poverty. Mm. And we're saying, chocolate companies, you've got to pay a living income. Then we look at child labour. Is there child labour on the farms in this chocolate? brand or this chocolate line mm. then we look at deforestation and climate that's really important because Cote d'Ivoire that produces now almost 40% of the world's cocoa uh, has deforested cut down 80% 80% of mm. their forests in the last 35 years and it's affecting the climate yeah. And uh, then agroforestry, which is other words, how are they also putting in trees with the uh, the cocoa trees to actually help build up uh, tree populations again in those countries? So there's quite a few different issues associated with chocolate production. What of those do you think are the, the really key ones for people to understand when they're looking for the chocolate? Well, probably child labour is the big one. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, if chocolate companies can actually tell you what the traceability is. But we've also got a whole lot of companies that now can bore right down through to the farm mm. to say where it comes from. There's technology around now that actually can check uh, the isotopes that are in any organic product. The big New Zealand company that does that, another UK one, and they can tell you within a kilometre in the earth, anywhere on earth, where a product comes from. No way. I've never heard of that before. That's so fascinating. Yeah, not only that, but the technology has played a big part in this now, particularly yeah. in this traceability area. But with blockchain and with traceability, um, you know, in, in things even like uh, coffee, it's now to the point, instead of getting a tip to the barista who makes your coffee, you can actually now, in a, in a couple of places that have picked this up, you can give a tip to the farmer that grew your coffee. So technology is really advanced to such an extent that uh, companies can't hide what they're doing or neither can they say there's no way we can check this because there are so many ways that they now can. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, not everyone listening to this, though, is going to actually go and look up the scorecard um, and take the time to do that. But 
maybe you can give us a few tips. Which companies are leading the way when it comes to sustainable and ethically produced chocolate that we can actually buy here in Australia? Because I know that your scorecard looks at around the world. It does. And uh, and we will also put out a list of what's available in Australia because we didn't do Hague's and we didn't do Daryl Lee. Mm-hmm. Now, they both has improved immensely. Uh, Hague's, we're able to do it around the executive board table. They were phenomenal as a company to say, look, our, our values are we don't want children in child labour or slavery. So uh, they said, no, that matches our values. And now they're up to about 98% traceability, not just for their cocoa beans, but the nuts and all the other flavours are going as well. Yeah, uh, Daryl Lee, for instance, and they're not on the scorecard again because they're too small. But uh, Daryl Lee, we uh, we sent them over nine years, one hundred and sixty thousand postcards saying, "Please, can you tell us that there's no child labour here?" We got a call on one Friday morning. Well, I remember it. Yeah, uh, when you've been working with a company for nine years trying to get them to change, and they said, uh, "Yep, yeah, we decided." In 12 months, we'll go completely sustainable uh, in the sourcing of our cocoa. So we sent this out to all our followers and 5,000 people sent them emails in one morning and jammed the whole server for their for their emails. So they're Saying there, thank you, I take it? All said thank you. Yeah, All said great. thank you. It was really interesting because Reuben Men's, which is an Adelaide-based, also like Hague's uh, chocolate company, uh, about three weeks later rang us up and said, uh, uh, look, uh, we, we hear you're the engineer that we should be telling this, but we're going to go sustainable in 12 months. Oh, we said, we won't do to you what we did to uh, to Daryl Lee. And they said, oh, what do you do? Oh, well, we sent it out to our followers and, and our supporters and 5,000 people sending emails, jam their service. Oh, what were they complaining about? And they said, no, no, they're all saying thank you because now we can eat the products we want to eat that you produce. And there was this pause on the other end of the phone. They said, you can do that to us anytime you like. <laughs> But so oh, Alter fantastic. Ego is another one that not not widely available, but is right up the top. But the big one in our area is Whitaker's. The wouldn't you believe it? The Kiwis sort yeah, of yeah, leading really the way on that, mm. and uh, they have really, really uh, worked well uh, and and worked hard on getting that. But um, well, that's good because it's really yummy chocolate. <laughs> it's really good chocolate. But there's a whole lot of companies also that will produce. So the big ones, and and there are six biggest chocolate companies in the world are um, Mondelez, that this Cadbury's, mm-hmm. um, they own Cadbury's, and uh, Mars, uh, Nestle, Ferrero, mm-hmm. uh, they do Kinder Surprise and uh, do a lot of Easter products as well, and Ferrero Share, of course. Then uh, we have Hershey's, we don't have a lot of Hershey's in Australia, but... Um, what about Lint? Yeah. And the sixth one is Lint. Now, those six companies produce 80% of the chocolate in the world. So they are the big players. Now, all of those have now got programs that actually are working on stopping child labour. And uh, so they're all moving up the scale now of actually doing something about this. But some are better than others. And Whitaker's came out the best in our area. They won our award. We give a golden egg award. Mm-hmm. They got the golden egg, the good egg award. Okay. From, uh, Be slavery free in the conglomerate. Fantastic. Well, I love the way this is building momentum and the way you're working with NGOs from all over the world. But... Um, also, Fuzz, you must have just learned a lot about chocolate doing this, have you? You're a bit of a chocolate expert now. Uh, I can tell you most companies in the world, how well they're doing, what they taste like, what's the major formulas, what's the blockages that they have, and, uh, and I also can judge chocolate now. 
So uh, there is particular traits in actually understanding what good chocolate is you know has it got a higher cocoa butter in it or are they using a lot of palm oil uh what sort of sugars are they using what flavor compounds are they using can you tell can you tell what breed of uh, dairy cow it came out of by tasting not quite that point yet that's very very difficult but however (laughs) we have been working with other companies and because i collect wine we're doing wine and chocolate matching and one of our good colleagues and 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 friends in amsterdam uh does uh, uh, scotch whiskey and chocolate matching so uh oh it's a tough it's a tough life oh it is and then <laughs> then cooking i'm a cook uh, and i'm trying to write a cookbook at the moment okay but, uh, and that will have a lot of chocolate recipes in it so yeah there's quite a bit about chocolate that we have learned over the last 11 12 years particularly and is it true you've even traveled to hershey in the u.s i have traveled to hershey in the u.s i've been the global headquarters of every major chocolate company in the world Wow. But more importantly... If you need an assistant, no. (laughs) But more importantly, I've been on the farms in Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana in Mm. West Africa, and that's where 70, it's almost 80% of the cocoa of the world is grown now. And when you get on the farms and you talk to the people, you talk about the struggles, you understand the world. And I tell you, Katrina, one of the most fascinating experiences has been to actually introduce them to chocolate. Most of them have never tasted chocolate. Really? So they don't actually know what they're producing. They don't know what producing. They, it goes away to a company and they know kind of the company names and they know they do chocolate things. But when you give a person who's been growing cocoa for I don't know how many years, uh, it varies, um, because most of them are people who've come in in Cote d'Ivoire from Burkina Faso and others around because of the war and because of the struggles happening there. And you give them chocolate and they go, the first thing they always say is, oh, it's very sweet. Very, very sweet. That's not like the cocoa bean that we grow. Yeah. So it's intriguing to actually spend time with them and then to hear their stories, mm-hmm. how they came there, what they've come through, and the struggles that they have just to, to make ends meet mm-hmm. because of the poverty and extreme poverty that they live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Fuzz, for filling us in on this. And helping us choose ethical chocolate. Well, if you want to go to our website in www.beeslaveryfreeoneword.com on the front page, you'll see the guide there. And you'll see very, very quickly, because it's all done in coloured eggs and coloured bunnies, uh, you know, who you should prefer. Or check out your favourites and see how well they're doing. Mm, okay. Thanks, Fuzz. That's Fuzz Kiddo from Bee Slavery Free. They just released their Easter chocolate scorecard. You can find it online at beeslaveryfree.com. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.